Welcome to the Daily Bolster. Each day we welcome transformational executives to share their real-world experiences and practical advice about scaling yourself, your team, and your business. Welcome to the Daily Bolster. I'm Matt Blumberg, co-founder and CEO of Bolster, and I'm here today with Joel Stevenson. Joel is the former CEO of Yesware, uh, which was acquired uh, six, nine months ago, six months ago, uh, by Vendasta. Uh, and uh, Joel and I have been in one of the same uh, VC portfolios for many years. And uh, Joel was kind enough to share with uh, our CEO list uh, uh, sort of a, a retrospective that he wrote for himself about uh, the experience of running Yesware all those years and things he learned uh, on the other side of the transaction. Um, and I asked Joel to come on today to uh, share kind of three of his top learnings uh, from his retrospective. So, Joel, what are your top three? Okay, we'll just jump right into it. So the, the first one is one I think that's interesting for a lot of product-led companies, because what tends to happen with product-led is you end up with lots of different customer types. And for us, we ended up with a lot of very small customers, and then over time, a lot of very big customers these customers had radically different needs. And when we got to a place where, you know, we had to make some difficult choices about where to focus, it was sort of like you could focus on the big ones, or you could focus on the small ones. We decided to focus on, on the smaller ones because we thought we were more competitive there for a whole variety of reasons. Uh, but the thing that is, was difficult about that, I think we sort of violated an unwritten rule of SaaS, which is like your customers should just get bigger over time. It's very harder for them. It's much harder for them to get smaller because you end up with all of this, uh, you know, I suppose overhead that's hard to unwind, like you might've done a SOC two, And so you can't get rid of two because you sell these big customers, you have CSMs, you might've built out this elaborate sales process in your Salesforce instance that is now as like thousands of lines of Apex code that's now hard to unwind. Um, you know, you may have things where you're in your software, you've got custom code or availabilities or all these, uh, there's all these complications and you sort of think like, well, we're going to focus on these small, but it it's very, very difficult to do that. So you just carry that overhead with you and you you could argue if you're just focusing on bigger customers, you might have some overhead on the smaller ones too. But it just seems to me that generally speaking, you can overcome that with the bigger customers due to the churn profile and due to the fact that you can basically grow your ACV faster than your sales cost grows. And you get a lot of leverage from that if you do it right. And it's, it's hard to get it to go the other direction. So easier to go up market than down market. Yeah, and it's sort—it's of, almost like a one-way door. Like once you decide that you're going to take on those big customers, it's like you—that's very difficult to unwind that. Yeah. Okay, that's a good first one. What's next? Uh, next one is about—I um, suppose it has to do with partner ecosystems and how you play in those partner ecosystems. And so, in the in the early days of Yes, where we benefited greatly from being part of a big CRM's ecosystem, and I I sometimes jokingly referred to our software as is making that other CRM software suck less. And a lot of people bought it for that purpose and got a lot of value out of that. But eventually what, what ends up, ha what happened to us in a lot of cases was because that was the core system of record and we were making that system of record better. And that ecosystem eventually decided, well, we're just going to buy a, somebody in this space and that's going to become the, the incumbent property. Then that makes your life much more difficult. The sales benefits that you had, um, your price competitiveness due to bundling, all of that starts to get very, very difficult. And then the switching costs are low. And so not only are you battling now the incumbent that's sort of taking your position, but you may have other competitors in there that may have come up with something better. And it's like, well, you know, all the data is, you, you know, part of the value is you've synced all the data into the system and that actually makes it easier to move to somebody else. And that was 
that that was a difficult, uh, I found that to be a difficult position over time. Absolutely. So a great way to start, probably not a great way to scale and finish. Yep. Um, all right. And number three. Yeah. Number three is, I don't know if I have a specific uh, lesson about this other than I think it's something to think about, which is as you go through the course of your startup, you know, sometimes you're the hottest thing in the world. Sometimes you're not the hottest thing in the world. You know, I mean, it's even a return path. I know you guys faced a lot of uh, ups and downs in, in your journey. And there, there, I think there's, there comes a question, which is, do you just go and always try to be recruiting the best possible people you can get? Um, and, you know, then when those people show up, if maybe things aren't exactly as they thought, do you end up, you know, churning those people out? Or do those, are those the people that end up actually figuring out the thing that takes your business to the next level? Or do you basically, if you have good raw material inside your company, do you invest in that raw material and try to turn them into, you know, the executives that, you know, somebody else is going to want to go and, and, and poach at some later point? And I don't, I don't have a strong answer there other than we sort of did both. And, um, and I, I think the results are inconclusive. Uh, I, I really liked our team that we built up, but it's like, I don't, I wonder sometimes if, well, if I would have gotten that perfect candidate in, like, you know, could we have done some different stuff? Yeah, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a single formula for success. It kind of depends on the role, on you know what you need at that moment, what you have at that moment. Um, we certainly had, I think, we had the most success hiring kind of one level down from the top and growing people up. Um, but uh, but look, there are times in a hyper growth environment, for example, where you just can't you can't afford to do that. So, yeah. all right, Joel Stevenson, three great lessons learned from a great run running Yesware. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me.